Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? <laughs> Something epic. This is Paratroop Radio. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And today, Justin came up with a fun topic, which we've covered very minimalistly uh, over the years. We did not talk much about this at all, uh, but I think it's something that's really interesting. Uh, And that is, of course, the Hadron Collider and more importantly, CERN, who CERN is and what they do. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and just run off the bat, let Justin take the reins here, because uh, I don't exactly know which way we're going to go first. So I'm going to let him kind of control it. Well, that's odd because I dominated the last conversation we had. So well, I'll try to make sure you don't do that this time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what CERN is, um, and, and this is going to be straight off of the CERN website, What it, what's in a name? At an intergovernmental meeting of UNICEFCO in Paris in December of 1951, the first resolution concerning the establishment of a European Council for Nuclear Research, or in French, Conseil European pour I'm not going to even try and pronounce it the right way, pour la recherche nucléaire, or CERN, was adopted. Two months later, an agreement was signed establishing the Provisional Council. The acronym CERN was born. Uh, This agreement gave the Council 18 months to produce the Form CERN Convention. Today, our understanding of matter goes much deeper than the nucleus, and CERN's main area of research is particle physics. Uh, Because of this, the laboratory operated by CERN is often referred to as the European Laboratory for Particle Physics. Uh, In June 1953, the final draft of the CERN Convention was agreed upon and signed by 12 new member states. It laid out the ways member states would contribute to CERN's budget, as well as early indications of CERN's ethos and organization. From adopting a policy of open access to CERN's internal structure being divided into uh, directorates, Today, CERN's size means that these directorates are subdivided into departments and then in turn groups and sections. So it's grown massively from 1952 till today, or 53 mm-hmm. till today. Uh, in July 1955, Felix Bloch, CERN's director general, laid the first foundation stone. Since then, CERN has more than fulfilled the earlier plans of those few optimistic scientists who dreamt of creating an international laboratory to make great strides in fundamental research and stretch the limits of our technology and imaginations. Um, what we have, what they have achieved since then, is since CERN began in 1954, we have made many significant breakthroughs, both in particle physics such as our early discovery of neutral currents and the technologies that have helped improve our day-to-day lives, including the World Wide Web. What's CERN's mission? Since CERN began, fundamental physics has been our core business. Our work here will help to uncover the universe in oh, is made of and how it works. Now, they invented the large hydrogen collider um i believe it was first fired um i think you had said in 2012 eric yep july of 2012 um so what is the large hadron collider uh well hold on hold on hold on before you go 
too far. Let me let me stop you for a moment because <clears throat> one thing I did want to mention because uh, you you had talked at the very beginning about what exactly CERN is or or what it what the acronym means or what it's the acronym of because obviously European Organization of Nuclear Research doesn't quite fit CERN. Uh, so is that whole French word, right? Whatever you said. <laughs> so of course I don't know what. French offhand. I mean, I have a few ideas of what this probably meant, uh, but basically it means uh, in English, it's European Council for Nuclear Research. That's where you get CERN from. It's basically those ECNR that's all mixed up um, in English, which is odd to me because I don't know why they continue to call it CERN, but they change the actual name to the European Organization of Nuclear Research instead of the European Council uh, for Nuclear Research. That's a little odd to me, but, you know, I, I feel like that's just something that these scientists like to make things difficult type of thing. <laughs> like, oh, this seems too easy. Let's make it dumb and difficult for these people. Well, I think they were trying to stick to the original um, mission, so they decided to not really change the acronym, I guess, um, even though they did change the name a little bit. because. Um, I feel that ELPP, European Laboratory for Particle Physics, is not the same feel as when you say CERN. <laughs> so, yes, <laughs> but I mean, but even that isn't the correct, isn't the the exact term for CERN. It's the uh, the organization, European Organization for Nuclear Research, is the actual name of what CERN oh, is or oh, who oh. CERN is. Um, well, I was reading I was reading this and it says often referred to as the European Laboratory for Particle Physics. No, it isn't. This I've, is I've straight Googled off CERN the this CERN time, website. the first time I've heard this. I've been Googling This is CERN. straight off of the CERN's website. <laughs> They're full of it. They're just trying to make it something, but nobody else says it, which means it's not a thing, guys. It's not a thing. <laughs> We're already getting into the uh, conspiracy theories. Well, I'm just saying, like, if they're going to say it, how come none of these other websites say it? Nobody else mentions it, just them, because they want to make it something. They're like, oh, let's change our name. But nobody's catching on to it. No one cares. So they got to put on their website. Anything else? No, I'm done. <laughs> so the Large Hadron Collider is a particle accelerator that pushes protons or ions to near the speed of light. It consists of a 27-kilometer ring of superconducting magnets with a number of accelerating structures that boost the energy of the particles along the way. It's weird that they have to break this down, but why is it called the Large Hadron Collider? Large refers to its size approximately 27 kilometers in circumference. Hadron because it accelerates protons or ions, which belong to the group of particles called hadrons. Collider, because the particles form two beams traveling in opposite directions, which are made to collide after four points around the machine. So literally well, to, to what go, the name says... To add, yeah. to add to the large thing, is how much circumference was the circumference on that? Uh... According to CERN's website, 27 kilometers. Okay. And according to New York Times, uh, it's basically a 17-mile electromagnetic underground racetrack. So it's ridiculously long. Okay. But I suppose if you're going to go at light speed, you need a certain amount of time to really ramp up the energy. But it's kind of interesting that they've decided that 27 kilometers or the equivalent of 17 miles in, in the U.S. is that exact amount of space, but it does go around four times before it collides, too. Okay. Um, I don't know if that it takes the, that four... Um, Oh, I'm sorry. It, it travels and collides at four points, not around four times. Mm -hmm. um, 
but it, it's interesting to look at the what what they are distra- describing this thing as um, the CERN accelerator complex is a, is a succession of machines with increasingly higher energies. Each machine accelerates a beam of particles to to a given energy before injecting the beam into the next machine in the chain. This next machine brings the beam to an even higher energy and so on. The LHC is the last element of this chain in which the beams reach their highest energies. Inside the LHC, two particle beams travel at close to the speed of light before they are made to collide. The beams travel in opposite directions and separate beam pipes, two tubes kept at ultra-high vacuum. They are guided around the accelerator ring by a strong magnetic field maintained by superconducting electromagnets. Below a certain characteristic temperature, some materials enter a superconducting state and offer no resistance to the passage of electrical current. The electromagnets in the LHC are therefore chilled to a negative 271.3 degrees Celsius, um, 1.9 Kelvin. To take advantage of this effect, the accelerator is connected to a vast distribution system of liquid helium, which cools the magnets as well as to other supply services. And then it goes into the main goals, which they're trying to discover so many different things. Um, The origin of mass, supersymmetry, or the evidence of supersymmetry, um, dark matter and dark energy, what they are, why is there far more matter than antimatter in the universe, and how does the quark-gluon plasma give rise to the particles that can constitute the matter of our universe. Um, In simple terms, one of their projects, um, and and I can't remember if they actually did discover this, but they were looking for the God particle, which I believe is that quark-gluon plasma thing. Um, Any comments on the Large Hadron Collider so far? Well, I mean, basically, basically what they're, it's really like the modern, in my my opinion, I think it could be the modern Pandora's box. Uh, mm. Because if they can create, in some sense, the spark that began everything that we know of in existence, then what happens when they just simply can't control that spark? Because eventually life, I mean, based on science, just takes on its own form and it grows without any help from humans by any means. Uh, so it's kind of like, cool. They start a, this, they get the spark, but then what happens in there? Like, how do they control it? Because in the right circumstances, that spark could potentially develop uh, just based on history, you know, of the whole bang, big bang theory, for example, Um and God knows what. I mean, if it created explosion, it can grow bigger and create other types of life. And nobody really knows what else is out in the universe. So we could be creating monsters uh, for scientific research and not even know it. And the, that's part of the basis of what I wanted to to do this for. Um, not monsters, but <laughs> we'll we'll get into that in a second. Um, so, did you know that this this idea actually started in? the 1980s i didn't know that the idea for the hydrogen collider yeah the lhc i mean i didn't know that but i believe it you'd have to have a significant amount of time to develop oh yeah right right Uh, i just didn't know that that's when it started um in december 1994 cern council voted to approve the construction of the lhc and in october of 1995 the lhc technical design report was published uh Contributions from Japan, the U.S., India, and other non-member states accelerated the process. And between 1996 and 1998, four experiments, ALICE, ATLAS, CMS, and LHCB, received official approval and construction work started on the four sites. Um, 
so the these experiments there are seven experiments installed at the LHC Alice Atlas CMS LHCB LH LHCF Totem and Moedal. They use directors to an and to analysis the myriad of particles. I think this is translated badly. Uh, produced by collisions in the accelerator. These experiments are run by collaborations of scientists from institutes all over the world. Each experiment is distinct and characterized by its detectors. So it it has um, detectors for whatever it is they're they're firing at the time, or what they're trying to discover. Um, so this is the last part I'll, I'm going to bring up is the the power consumption of this thing. Uh, the total power consumption of the H, uh, LHC and experiments is equivalent to 600 gigawatts per year with a maximum of 650 gigawatts in 2012 when the LHC was running at 4 TeV. For run 2, the estimated power consumption is 750 gigawatts per year. The total CERN energy consumption is 1.3 terawatts per year, while the total electrical energy production in the world is around 20,000 terawatts. In the European Union, 3,400 terawatts. In France, around 500 terawatts. And in Geneva, Canton, around 3 terawatts. So that's a lot of power. It is. Um, so what, what are some of your... Have you... Everything I've read right there kind of coincided with what you're reading or? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I focused on the New York Times and then, of course, the CERT website to, to learn about the hidden clatter. Um, you really can't, like, since CERN has their own website, they're probably the best source to kind of learn this stuff from because anything else, if they're trying to say otherwise, would just become conspiracy as opposed to as far as we know right mm -hmm. so if i figured if it wasn't in the CERN article then it probably didn't really matter that much um but yeah no i mean i think it's i don't know i i think the amount you know this is european but i i feel like regardless the amount of money that everybody puts into these type of things like so many countries are in debt <laughs> because they can't afford to pay them back and yet they keep pouring money into stuff that doesn't really matter like mm -hmm. you know it's just i feel like there's for for you know for thousands of years people have been doing scientific research trying to learn the beginning uh the you know the the start of uh, of life i guess and the universe so i just you know i just think that for the amount of money that we're that everybody's putting into this type of stuff for the research. Yeah, it's interesting and you know it's cool uh, to kind of know what we can achieve through the Hadron Collider, but I feel like there really isn't much point because how does the origin of the universe help anybody currently? You know, like we were talking about uh, global warming and pollution and you know things like that. And yet we're focused on how the, the the universe began, and we know that I that's not going to help us with the whole idea of global warming and pollution and whatnot. Which or actually, the cure for cancer of, or the cure for any major diseases? Yeah, yeah. Um, but here's a rabbit trail because I was thinking about this today and yesterday. Actually, I don't know why it just kind of popped in, you know. <laughs> um, so, you know, we, we, we hear so much about global warming and the reason behind global warming is, of course, pollution, which is having an effect on our ozone layer, right? It's creating this giant hole that's allowing uh, what is, certain uh, UV rays and whatnot to affect the earth and warm it up. Here's a thought. So we, you, you know how like basically the world is pushing um eco-friendly things 
uh, especially those in terms of the atmosphere. So we're talking about electric cars being the primary one, right? Uh, do you know how much electric cars are like for a person, <laughs> like in general, especially like, let's talk about like Tesla, for example, being I was gonna say, I know primary... what Tesla. What's that? I said, I know the base, the base amount for Tesla. Do you want to know why I know that? Were you looking for a Tesla? Because I've wanted a Tesla. Shame on you. <laughs> but um, I, won't, I won't say what I want to base. say about Tesla owners on air. We well, the like owner, it. yes. <laughs> um, uh, no, I'm, I mean, I agree with you as far as the owner's concerned. And, but the, the electric cars have always been something that have fascinated me. Mm -hmm. Um the base the base model for a Tesla is like forty eight thousand dollars. Okay. That's but, without any quirks or whistles or anything. Mm -hmm. And this isn't exact, but I just learned about this uh, a couple of weeks ago. And apparently you have to have the tires uh on a Tesla rotated every forty two thousand miles or something. The tires alone are two thousand dollars a piece. So wow. every 42,000 miles, you have to rotate the tire or put new tires on. And the reason being is that the batteries, the cells that are in them are so heavy that it puts a tremendous amount of pressure on the tires and runs them dry uh, or flat. Not only that, but when you're building the cars are getting it fixed and stuff like that, it's a premium. So you're paying double the amount of money you would for a regular car uh, for whatever reason. And I, I'm sure... Part of it is due to the technology that goes into it. The other part is, of course, a markup because the world wants money, right? Uh, so with that said, I started thinking about how these electric cars are going to be expensive uh, as more and more come out and not just in purchasing one, but in maintaining one as well. And I started thinking, what if the idea of global warming is a conspiracy in and of itself? Not that global warming is not a thing, because I think it is. But the fact that it's our pollution corrupting the ozone. And in reality, we've heard for years that the sun was going to die out at some point. So what if the sun is actually just heating up and getting warmer? And because it's heating up, it's penetrating through our atmosphere, regardless of how strong it is and causing the global warming. And scientists and uh, the government and everybody else wants to play the role of, oh no, it's our ozone and pollution so that they can sell us more expensive things so that they can make more money on the back end. It's all a farce. It, that raises a really good point. Maybe the sun is getting a lot hotter uh, and, and we know it is. I mean, as the sun age ages, the the hotter it burns and the more radiation it puts off. Mm -hmm. um, usually, that just depend that doesn't really happen um, until it changes to um, the different colors. I can't. Right. I know colors isn't the right term, um, but when it switches from from a yellow sun to um, the different phases of the suns. Um, so <laughs> another quick rabbit trail, and, and I know this is off of a fictional, um, movie, but do you know, do you remember how many gigawatts it takes for time travel? How many gigawatts? Mm -hmm. No, no, I don't. 1.21 gigawatts. 1.21? Yeah. Hmm. And and how much is the, going into this thing? I was just going to that's why I'm bringing this up. LHC is, by the time it it fires again, which it already has, we'll get into that, um, 750 gigawatts per year. Yeah. No, that, I mean, in a sense, they're time travel, trying to time travel to see how the bang, Big Bang happened, but just I don't, I don't I don't understand it. <laughs> like, hey, I got an idea. 
let's skip out on this 1.21 watts to time travel. And instead, let's create this little tiny energy source within a giant <laughs> container and see how the earth started. Hey guys, if you used like nearly 99% less energy, you could just time travel to the beginning of time and learn <laughs> what happened. Well, that's that's part of the reason I wanted to bring that up because we're going to get into all the diff the different things that have been running through my mind since this the collider uh, went off again in July. Um, that that's the whole reason I wanted to to do this episode. Um, okay. But uh, according to this, the first beam was fired on the LHC in 2008, September 2008. Um, the first collision was in November of 2009. Uh, world record with beam energy of 1.18 TeV, I'm not sure what that is, um, was in November 30th of 2009. A uh, couple world records. Um, then the first beams of the 3.5 TeV and first high energy collision was in March of 2010. Uh, trying to see if it goes into so they've been actually running this a little bit longer than I than I was remembering because um, they're, they're saying it basically first fired up in 2008. Um, but uh, you and I were talking before we got started uh recording and uh we talked about that they shut down at the end of 2018 right um for upgrades and repairs and then we just started again in july of this year and it's not scheduled to shut down until 2025 so three more years from now um And I believe it was July 11th when they when they fired it or started it again. Um, so with that being said, uh, that's pretty much the history uh, of CERN and the Large Hadron Collider. Now, some things that I've been noticing since then, and... It absolutely, I'm going to admit this right now, can absolutely be 100% coincidence. Um, it also can be stuff that is faked. But with that being said, all, all the stuff we've talked about up to this point, uh, the the wattage of how, how much wattage this thing is using, what they're doing, um, and what they're trying to achieve... Something I've been noticing since July, there's there's two separate things. One is, uh, I guess three separate things. One is um, an increase in people's beliefs in Mandela effects, whether they're actually happening or not, couldn't tell you for sure. Um, number two, the postings of people saying, there's a glitch in the matrix. And number three, more UFO sightings since July. Um, and I, I don't want to turn CERN and the Large Hadron Collider into the next boogeyman, because I think a lot of people are doing that, um, blaming the Large Hadron Collider for these a multitude of things, not just those three things I named. But um, so many different things that they're they're saying CERN is doing. What's going to happen? Like CERN's going to end up opening a black hole, which is not true. Um, they go into we well, right? <laughs> According to the CERN's website and and facts, um, it's one thing when you say we're not going to. It's another when you accidentally do it because you don't take certain precautions. <laughs> All right. Like turning it I, on. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying they're saying it's Here, not here's happen. here's what I love about it is oh, we're not gonna create a black hole. We're just gonna create the particle that 
may have started the universe. How do you control something you don't understand? <laughs> like right. the universe created black holes. <laughs> am I the, <laughs> is this irrational? Am I, am, is this not? No, I don't, I don't no, know. no, no. Maybe you're, I'm just too <laughs> dumb to understand it. Or maybe they're just too smart for their own good, which creates too many blind spots. No, scientists always want to give a, this will not happen, but they're, they're never giving. Is it possible yeah. it can happen? No, is it possible? They're just giving, you're right. They're the, this, this will not happen. This is not the plan to give the rest of the world peace of mind. In the meantime, at this very moment, there are sirens going off underground. Leaks are happening, and there are people <laughs> rushing around to try to stop whatever the hell is happening on that collider right now. <laughs> <laughs> so when you see that blip, and, and, and when you're looking at the sky, and you see a bird flying, but it's not flapping wings. Right. Or moving. Yeah. That's actually something being born. One of the videos that I've come across recently, or actually the one, the most recent one was an airplane, but I've seen the one where they're showing it and it's a bird in the air. You can hear it making noises like, like bird noises, but it's not moving. Yeah. It's just, or it's flapping its wings, but not moving. (laughs) Yeah. I've seen that. I've seen that with the tree that was sitting in the air, just like hovering over other trees, like over a highway. Just it's, I I don't know. (laughs) I can't really debunk those, you know, without being there. So it's like, I can't tell, but they don't look like they're done really well if they're faked. So I don't know. Right. Well, have you ever done like the, the color variations and stuff like that, or the cover color, taking out the color filters, like you usually do? For debunking that stuff? Yeah. I mean, and sometimes, you know, sometimes those work really well. And other times they just, they look, in terms of dimension, everything, they look the exact same as the original photo. Uh, So, and with technology today, it's just getting harder and harder to really discern what is, you know, real and what is fake. There are, of course, those, I was about to say those few, but I should say those many that are, faked and they're very clearly faked because they're just not professionally done not well done time to, right. to be done you know but but yeah some of these other ones that you see through the phone and it's just like that tree looks just like the rest of the tr- other trees only it's sitting up in the air and <laughs> the blur is right around the edges everything you would typically see through a cell phone it just doesn't make sense so i don't know um something else we've recently seen I'm pretty sure it's since the um, the first time the CERN ha- had started up the collider was. Um, do you remember the the video and article about the city in the sky over China? Yeah. Um. Now, I've seen so many different people going both ways with it. Oh, you know, heavens, you know, coming to Earth and showing us um sure i've also heard people saying we're getting a glimpse into another reality uh and then there's the other side where they're like no it's complete it's just a transposed picture or video on top of another video it's completely faked um but what are your thoughts on that particular video before i continue my thought um it's hard to say. I mean, it's it's weird, but there's also been multiple videos claiming to see the city in the sky. And the cities often look the same and sometimes in different places. Uh, and the sources are different. So that's kind of an odd thing, you know, to, 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 to really understand or fathom. But at the same time, uh, was it last year with the obelisks that kept showing up, right? That one was in was it, what, Arizona was it last or something? Year or was it 2020? Was it 2020? Was it 2020? God, it might, time. Yeah. Time yeah. is just. I think it was 2020 uh, because it was just as as COVID, we were getting, starting to get a handle on. Oh, that's right. You're probably right. Ongoing. Yeah. That's about right. Um, wow. It's crazy, man. Two years. Yeah. I swear yeah. it was last year. You don't need to time travel. You just get older. Everything moves faster. Right. Uh, it could have been last year, but I'm pretty sure it was like towards. No, the you're mid, right. It wasn't. It wasn't last year. 
but yeah, you know, th- those kept showing up and everyone's like, oh my God, this is something which it clearly wasn't because they were riveted together. I don't know of anything from another world that would be riveted. <laughs> like, hey, we developed the, ti- the, the, the ability to time travel and morph into these invisible objects and stuff, but, you know, we don't know how to meld metal together. So we're just going to use rivets <laughs> and place it here. Uh, <laughs> makes no sense. But, you know, they kept showing up and there were different pictures and from different countries and didn't, yeah, everyone's like, oh, it must be aliens because they're happening overnight. But then eventually a source came out that said, no, they're the ones who did it. It was an art thing. And right. The whole thing was supposed to be made up. So obviously that's people in various countries who are capable of working together to create this thing. So the same thing could be happening with the city in the sky as well. Multiple people, different sources who actually know each other. But from the outside world, we would never know it. Uh, so, yeah, in that case, it could very well be more of a mass uh, illusion. But at the same time, I don't know. I mean, the city in the sky thing has been going on a little longer, I think, than uh, just that initial video that we that is so famous. In China. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember. Yeah, I couldn't remember what year that vi- I've seen it multiple times, but I can't remember what year that video came out and when compared to when the, the collider was first started. Um, well, let's see. I'm going to Google city in the sky. Oh yeah. I got all kinds of weird stuff. <laughs> weird stuff. Uh, I don't even know what you're seeing right now. Not that kind of weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, let me see this. Let me type this real quick. City in the sky origin. Man? <laughs> nope, nothing. 2015 is the late for this back I go. And those are just like lifescience.com. What caused China's floating city in the sky? Oh, um, okay. Which so not is, I mean, let me click on that real quick sighting. because maybe it'll say what year that was. Hmm. But anyways, my point with that was, and same thing with the whole time travel thing, um, and, and the glitch in the Matrix, the the UFO sightings, um, and, and the Mandela effects. What if CERN is? unintentionally doing these things, they're just not able to read what's happening. Like tearing a, a window into to an alternate reality. Um, maybe we have caused time travel, and that's what's causing the multiple Mandela effects. I mean, like we said, this thing is going to be, or is, um, consuming 750 gigawatts per year. And just to show you how many in a month, 750 divided by 12 is still 30 to 40 times what Doc Brown in um, Back to the Future says is able to be, or what you need for time travel. Right. Um, now, are, are they sending people back in time or, or causing things to be erased out of time. No, that's not necessarily what I'm saying, but what if they have sent up and I'm pretty sure I had seen an article about them doing this or um, something like that, but sending a particle back in time because mm-hmm. they are consuming enough gigawatts that anything this thing is doing could cause a hundred different side effects, but according to them, there's nothing going to happen from this thing being ran. So, right. um, um, mark my words, 50 years from now, when all you younger folk are watching TV and you see a commercial come on that say, did you work on the Hadron Collider? Are you <laughs> suffering from medical mispractices? <laughs> Is cancer <laughs> a problem? <laughs> Call this number. That would be that would be interesting. 
Also, in 50 years, are we going to even have TV? What would we have? I don't know. TVs are already, are, are already so thin that they don't take up as much space as they did when we were kids. <laughs> just pieces of paper that you stick up on your, on your TV right. stand now. Right. Um, so who knows? I mean, in 50 years, we might already be into holographics where it just does it right in the middle of the air and you don't even need a screen anymore. Could be. Could be. Where it takes up the entire room, so you're literally in the action. It That could be a thing, too. Um, a, I mean, it'd be like VR, of... only you wouldn't have to wear goggles. Right. Um, a friend of mine had talked with me a little bit about, we, we were talking about Star Trek, but um, how Dorks. the holodeck on, yes, I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> holodecks on, on Star Trek are like the ultimate gaming experience. Um, it's, it goes above and beyond virtual reality. reality. You're literally in the story, um, in the action, and all of these characters and all that are kind of put together by force fields so that it creates an actual body. Um, but if you look at virtual reality right now that we have like vests and stuff like that to simulate being hit or whatever um, by sound vibration, we are, we are getting really close to something like that. And in 50 years, I could see us being so close that it'll be pretty close to the, the actual show. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing with 3d printers. Um, they would just materialize their, whatever they were wanting. Um, cup of coffee, c- cup of tea, whatever. And now we have 3D printers that are literally building stuff. But so who's to say that in 50 years we could be having printers that are working off of molecules? No, you're right. I think, you know, it's it's something, I think, you know, it's it's one of those things that people might consider, oh, that's that's crazy. 50 years is not a lot of time. You know, 100 years isn't a lot of time. Uh, right, but you know it's. I was watching uh, a show yesterday on Netflix uh, or the other day. Uh, it's called The Sandman. If anyone knows who that is, uh, it was originally a comic book uh, written by Neil Gaiman. Now there are a lot of people who weren't a fan of this show. I can see why they're not fans. Personally, I'm enjoying it regardless because uh, I think the nuances of what makes it bad. Uh, are slightly outweighed by just the fun of the overall story, I guess. Uh, But with that said, there is one episode where the Sandman, Morpheus, uh, was basically jumping through time. Uh, He met somebody at a bar, I think it was like the 1500s, maybe it was 1400s, but met someone at a bar, that person, they over he and his sister, uh, who happened to be the Grim Reaper, basically, uh, overheard this person saying that he was going to live forever. He was never going to die. And they decided to have some fun with it and granted him that wish. And Morpheus, or the Sandman, said that he would visit him at that bar on the same day every 100 years they would meet up. And so they did. 1500s and the 1600s and 17, 18, 19, all the way up to 2000. Uh, and I started thinking about it and look, cause I was noticing like the wardrobe changes and how the set was changing per, per year. And looking back in history, I'm like, consider today, 2022, everything that we know and see and have, and then do some research. You were just looking at pictures of 1922 and look how much has actually changed in 100 years. Yeah, it's incredibly insane. And like I'm reading a book right now, I'm sure some of you have read it out there uh, called uh, Devil in the White City, which is uh, basically the first time that the U.S. or the the time the U.S. held at the World's Fair in Chicago. And during that same time was the same like a linear path in a way. Uh, H.H. Holmes started killing uh, or I should say continued killing because his first murder happened way prior to that. Uh, but with that said, the, the detail that go, they go into 
in this book of the 1860s uh, is just incredibly different from what we see today. Like I drove through Chicago a couple of, I mean, Justin and I both did a few weeks ago and Chicago of what we saw just from the highway is vastly different than the Chicago that uh, was known and, mm-hmm. you know, was infamous uh, back in the 1800s and early 1900s. Uh, so it's just crazy to me to think of how much does actually change. And it's weird because like, you know, people like you and I, it's like when we look in a mirror, we don't see much change on a day-to-day basis, but somebody who hasn't seen us in a year would see a huge difference maybe. And then if you look right. at pictures, you realize, oh, wow, this is different from this time. And I think that's kind of what's happening with us nowadays. It's like, oh, so we're however many years, you know, uh, like thinking about right now, 50 years from now, doesn't seem like a lot because we'll adapt and change to it. And it's all going to come slowly and we're going to just be like, okay, this is a thing. And it mm-hmm. won't be until those hundred years are up that we look back and say, oh crap, a lot did change. And Hey, whatever we created, <laughs> you know, with the Hadrian Collider actually happened, you know? Mm. Yeah. So interesting conversation so far. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We're about at that point. So we're going to get into Eric's random fact of the day, a quick commercial, and we will be right back with Paratruth Radio. Now, Eric's random fact of the day. As I'm sure that everyone knows, I love telling random facts. But if you're like me, you've probably wondered what the craziest random facts are. Well, I have one. In fact, I actually have four. According to ScaryMummy.com, snails have been known to sleep up to three years if the weather isn't moist enough to meet their needs. Honeybees flap their wings 230 times every second. At birth, a panda cub is smaller than a mouse and weighs only four ounces. And... Horses and cows can sleep while standing up, but they can only dream when lying down. This was Eric's random fact of the day. In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on, it wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. Welcome back to Parachute Radio. As normal, my name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we've been talking about CERN and the Hidden Collider and basically all that that entails. Uh, And even more so, our concerns and thoughts on what the future may hold in regard to using a device like this. Um, You know what I think is really fascinating about the Hidden Collider and what they're trying to do with it? They are currently running it to create this, to try to find, you know, create the God's spark and whatever else they want to find in terms of how the universe was created. It's something we're doing right here on earth, happening in our own backyards. And we have yet to send a person to Mars. You would think sending someone to Mars would be a whole lot easier than creating this particle accelerator, basically. But instead, the particle accelerator is already happening uh, and creating things that is science fiction, things that happen only in books. Mm, Well, I mean, there are those out there that say we already have a colony on Mars. We're just not being shown it. 
or the moon do we is it is it our colony or is it another creature's colony right um but yeah to kind of go into that like what you were talking about earlier like what science what science is showing us maybe they haven't shown us that they can but they already have but with the with you're you're right though say they haven't done any of that um we're more concerned with finding what make what the difference between matter and dark matter is you know um we're looking for the god particle um looking at the looking for um what did i say supersymmetry discovered evidence of supersymmetry um which i'll go into this i didn't realize what supersymmetry is supersymmetry a theory that hypothesizes the existence of more massive patterns of the standard particles we know could facilitate the unification of fundamental forces um so they're trying to to see if there is more to the standard um, model than what is already there. Um, mm-hmm. We're trying to figure out um, if there's more antimatter in the universe than we realize. So why are we doing all of these other things outside of what you and I talked about, you know, going to Mars, going to the or, you know having a colony on the moon um cure for cancer cure for aids um cure for any disease or why are we only being shown these few things i don't know my mind is currently stuck on the thought of what happens if antimatter becomes a bigger thing and it slowly right. eats away all of our matters Right. And Wouldn't that be crazy? Like on the news one day, people try to take shelter. Antimatter is taking over and erasing <laughs> everything that we know. <laughs> yeah. And I, just like we talked about, I mean, you know, they say they're not create, they're not going to be able to create a black hole, but wait, 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 wait. What exactly, what exactly did they say in that article? Like what was the exact words that they used? Okay, no, it. I'm sorry, it was a different article, not the CERN article. Okay, what was that article though? Uh, you know? Verifythis.com. And what did it say? But, but it says no CERN's particle accelerator can't create a cosmic black hole. The machine also won't cause a shift in time or space. The machine is being used by researchers to analyze how particles work in the universe. Okay. I mean, it still goes, it can go one of two ways. So the way you initially said it, I was thinking CERN was saying, we know we will not create a black hole, which makes me think, but it's possible. <laughs> because if you right. will not do something, doesn't mean that you can't. But the fact that you said that the particle accelerator can't do it doesn't mean that scientists start trying to do it in another fashion, another device elsewhere. Can you imagine? Right. I don't know, man. Can you imagine just like one day the black hole opening up in the center of Earth? Like there'd be just this vortex, everything getting sucked in. Don't get too close. This kid's arm becomes like 40, 100 feet long as he just dissolves and, you know, it'd be gross. But that's, that's something that us as humans can only perceive of what it's doing. Maybe it's not doing that at all. The black hole? Yeah. Mm, I don't know, man. The pictures of the black holes with the light going in. I mean, it looks like it's really just tearing it apart. <laughs> well, stars and stuff. The event horizon on a black hole can also cause um, visual anomalies too. So, okay, I'll let it go. 
I'm not saying that's not what it's doing, but there there are um there are and scientists who are saying makes me believe uh, things that aren't real. <laughs> well, um that originally I think that's what they were thinking. Um but they're starting to really discover that there's more to a black hole than just it's sucking in the universe. Um they've they've kind of started seeing that there might be something on the other side of a black hole. Um, oh, and as the white hole. Well, white hole. That's what they call that on them. I, no, just... I know, but um, <laughs> they're they're saying it, it, they're speculating. I should say that it could possibly lead to another part of space time or another reality or whatever. Um, I saw that in Interstellar. He went into a fourth dimension and was able to well, see right. through all of time. Right, but now their scientists are literally saying that it's a possibility. Um, before it's, you know, you go into a black hole, you died. Well, now you're it's a possibility you're being sucked into an alternate reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I don't know when this was discovered, but I was I was watching a video about the sounds that they're detecting from a black hole now too. Yeah. I heard something about that. I got a question. If if there was nothing holding you to earth, like nothing at all, people or otherwise God, and you had the opportunity to be the first person to see if a black hole really takes you to another dimension and you'd have to go through it. Would you do it? Knowing full well that there's a possibility it just disintegrates your ship and you die. Uh, yeah, because have you been in this reality? Yeah, I'd be, I'd be <laughs> gone too. Like, peace. <laughs> the closer you get, the older everybody else is back home because you're getting further and further away from their time. Right. But do I discover if there's alternate realities or do I die? Does it even really matter? <laughs> I know. Isn't it really? Especially is it really what happens happening if anyway? like you go through the black hole and the alternate reality takes you five years prior to when you left Earth in the first place. And the only <laughs> difference is that the spaceships are no longer called shuttles. <laughs> They're called something else like puddles. <laughs> the space puddle is taking off today. <laughs> like son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it takes you back to 2020. <laughs> but it's it's not COVID. It's the monkeypox. COVID comes after monkeypox that right. time. <laughs> I it, it just baffles me that we're we're already talking about another possible pandemic. Well, man, everybody's tired of the COVID one, so we got to spice stuff Come up. up. Something we got to start yeah. talking about something else to scare people and sell more stuff. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, a lot of this media stuff—it's all about money. Even Paratruth Radio. If you'd like to sponsor Paratruth Radio, please contact us at paratruthradio.com. Um, oh, you, you got to say it backwards. <laughs> As I say something forwards so that they just hear you. You got to say it quiet, though, backwards. <laughs> I speak normal so they don't hear you speaking. And then it's subliminal messaging. That's how it works. <laughs> and the Hadron Collider caused it all. Um. Yeah, that's pretty much all, all I kind of wanted to talk about today because, like I said, not that I haven't been noticing things coming up before they did this, before they started it back up in July, but it, it seems like we're ramping up again with these different events. Yeah, and it very well could be something like that because, I mean, you, you figure... As far as we understand, they're monitoring what's happening inside of the collider, not really what's happening outside. Unless they know what's happening and they're just doing the typical thing that the government does and the military, and that is to try to hide the facts by sharing lies, you know? Yeah. Like, right. Once again, then, you know, the Roswell incident. Was it a balloon? Was it a spaceship? Was it something else? Nobody right. really knows. All right, folks. Um, we've got a 
a lot of different things we're we're working on on Paratruth Radio. We're going to be doing more of the um, over the campfire episodes, and uh, we're kind of going to try and change a little bit some on some episodes the the uh, format of of how we do the show. Um, we're working on finishing up our evidence uh, collection for both the Unco Cookie House, which we didn't never announce, announce that before now, but I'm doing it officially, Unco Cookie House, and uh, a, a friend's residence here in North Dakota. And we're going to have both them, both of them from each location on to, to kind of do the evidence reveal, if there is or isn't any. Um, and we are working on some other new topic guests for you as well. Um, only one confirmed so far, uh, but we are working on a couple of different topics, not just uh, a specific one, kind of like how we concentrated on at the beginning of the year. Um, anything else that we've got going on that I'm missing? I mean, we're going to be coming into September, which means we're a month away from the spooky season. Oh, that too, so- yeah. As you guys know, that's like the paranormal hotspot, October. Right. We're going to be there. So we are trying to come up with, uh, we've been talking, uh, we're going to come up with some new stuff this year. You know, every year, we're probably still going to talk about it a little bit. We, we always go over, obviously, the origins of Halloween or Samhain, you know, and it's one of those things that we kind of want to, we, we don't want to skip out on it because I think it's important, especially for newbies coming in to, to the paranormal circle and not really mm-hmm. understanding everything. Uh, so we're going to cover, obviously, the origins again, but we do want to take it deeper and, and uncover some new things uh, regarding the Halloween you know, the holiday itself. Um, but also just everything scary, you know, whatever it is. And I know we've done some in the past where it's like we've talked about movies and, you know, medias, different types of media and stuff like that. So we'll see what happens, but consider it's the last week of August at this point, And we're already talking about Halloween and what's happening. Cause we know that you guys get as pumped as we do around that October. So We'll make sure it's good. And actually, by the time this releases, it'll be a week left. I know. <laughs> That's why I said it. <laughs> I, I was, I don't know. I, I was thinking we were releasing this later, <laughs> but it, it, it goes up tomorrow. Um, but we will be recording another one and we plan on starting to stay caught up. So if, you're hearing us talking about something um, and it, it, we refer to an episode that was like four other weeks ago. And to us, it just happened because we're going to be doing some multiple recordings within a week. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, keep stay tuned with us. Um, we've got a lot of great stuff coming. Um, like I always say, make sure you're checking out paratruth.com, um, evergreenpodcast.com, and killerpodcast.com. Um, a lot of great stuff on all three of those episodes. Um, like I've mentioned on pretty much every episode, if you go to our website, you can leave us a, a voice message. Um, and if it's something you're you're asking, you just want to make a comment, whatever, and we can play it on air and um, answer you or or just say thank you so much for your support or whatever. Um, you can also contact us straight from that website if you don't want to leave a voicemail through through an email. Um, anything else I'm forgetting? Um, no, I think that pretty much covers everything now for this okay. week. All right, folks. So until next week, where you will hear us same time, same channel, my name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. This is
Bonjour, this is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food, so come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app.